1: Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Our goal is to connect you with real people, with real stories on how they think about bravery in the workplace, and examples on how they have demonstrated bravery in the workplace, all with the goal of helping you do the same. I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. Our guest today is Wendy Pease. Wendy is the president of Rapport International, who specialize in multilingual communication and marketing translation, and they offer and provide translation services in over 200 languages. Hello, Wendy.
0: Hi, Ed.
1: How's it going?
0: It is going great. I'm so happy to be here with you.
1: Terrific, terrific. Well, we're thrilled to have you, and I think you're the first person that we've had on doing the type of work that you do. So I'm excited to hear about bravery in your type of workplace. And my first quick observation is 200 languages. That sounds so many.
0: (laughs) Well, there's actually four to 6,000 languages in the world and we're losing a lot of them as the ones that not many people speak. The people who speak it are dying off and the younger generations are going off to find jobs in the cities or they want to watch Netflix on TV and they need to know one of the more popular languages.
1: Wow. Wow. I'm sure there are people who study this trend or phenomenon of language existence
0: existence and how do we retain those so they are not just lost but do we document them and record them and make them a a living history
1: right right wow Well, tell us a little bit about the report international and the work that you do
0: Well, I love what I do because we're working with people of different cultures and different languages and helping companies to communicate to the audiences that they're trying to reach. And all the research shows that if you actually translate your website or you provide user information that is translated, you're going to sell to more people, and they'll actually pay more money for it. So it's a huge opportunity for businesses in the United States because with the internet, you can actually start bringing in business and track and see how it's working for you. So we've been doing this for over 30 years. I bought the company 15 years ago, and that's going to be part of my story. And we've grown every year and really focus on the high-quality translation. So we do multilingual matchmaking, which means we find a translator. It's like a content writer. The more they get to understand your material, the better they get at communicating your message. We have people-first communication, so we're always trying to make it very human. It's culturally adapted. It'll be appropriate not offend anybody, but it will really connect with them. We do free multilingual marketing assessments to help people figure out the best way and process that they want to do it. And we offer 100% satisfaction guarantee. So you know that you're getting good quality.
1: Wow, fantastic. So are most of your clients actual organizations or people, you know, individual people?
0: We mostly work with organizations because they've got the ongoing need. We do some individual work, but it's usually a necessity. It's a birth certificate, a marriage certificate, and they need it certified. It's more money than they want to pay, and it's not repeat business. So we figure that's kind of our charity work. (laughs) (laughs) But mostly we're working with companies that are exporting organizations that are working with non-English speakers in the United States. So by law, schools, medical facilities, and the legal arena have to provide interpreters and translations in language. So we service a lot there. And we do a lot with companies that are bilingual.
1: Well, it's so funny that you should mention this because this morning I was doing some research online for a client of particular type of firms And I noticed on one of the firms that they had flags on the top right with names of countries. And if you clicked on the flag, it converted the website to that language. And it just felt much more open and customer focused than any of the other websites that just had it in English.
0: Oh, and don't get me started about the Google Translate plugin and the humorous mistakes that I'm seeing people make with that. I mean, number one, the quality, and then number two, where it's buried in the website. Like, you want to look at the buyer's journey or the process or accessibility. Um, It just doesn't work. But the website you were on sounds like it was handled really well with a globe that's internationally recognized to find your language.
1: Well, the most important piece was as soon as I clicked on the flag, it converted instantly versus you know, getting a clock and it thinking and thinking and thinking. So <laughs> it was impressive. So you must experience or see bravery in the workplace. And I'd love, Wendy, for you to talk a little bit about, you know, words or phrases that you think of when you think about bravery.
0: You know, speaking of language, one of the biggest one is just try it. So many people are afraid to try to speak another language, but just using a few words and the global smile it can do so much for connecting with a person. You know, the hand gestures, body language, it can vary across languages and cultures, but a smile is internationally recognized.
1: And when you say smile, you mean a facial smile?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm talking in-person communications or video. You know, right now as everything's shutting down because of the virus and you're having to do more on the phone, even, you know, you can hear a smile when somebody's talking.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And so what about Report International and the types of clients that you work with? Do you see your experience bravery with them in the requests that they have or the type of work that they're looking to do?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I'll get clients that have never done this before Mm -hmm. and they don't know where to start. And they're afraid to try it because they don't know how to check the quality. So if you think about somebody who's writing a technical manual or, you know, marketing content, you've got multiple rounds of edits that you're going through and the boss can look at it and see if it's good. There's this fear about I don't want to do translation because how am I going to know if it's good? And there's a lot of processes you can put in. So You know, when I see somebody reaching out to put a big toe into translation or multilingual marketing, they're very fearful of how are they going to protect themselves and their company image. And so hats off to the people that are trying it, because all the research shows that the companies that are exporting are doing multilingual marketing, grow faster, have higher incomes, pay higher salaries, retain their people more, and are more recession-proof. Yeah,
1: you know, as I listen to guests, there's always a lesson I learn. This is a journey for me as well to explore and understand bravery in the workplace more. And I love the idea of take the first step. Oftentimes, I refer colleagues to clients and I say, you know, just call Wendy. There's no cost in calling Wendy. She'd be happy to speak with you for a few minutes And, you know, I don't study it. I'm not a statistician, but I would say 50% of the time they do and they call and they have a conversation and, you know, 50% of the time they don't. I'm always so like aggravated (laughs) that they don't (laughs) call just and take that first step because you don't always know what's behind the door that you open and it may be terrific. Right. And so you really do need to at least take a first step, get more information and explore a little bit before you make a decision.
0: Yes. Yes. And we'll have people that'll call in and say, well, I want to translate my website. And doing a whole website can be very expensive. And if you're not selling certain products in certain countries, then it's not worth doing. So we have a translation management plan that will go through a set of questions that we want to look at. Okay, what's your corporate goal? What's your marketing goal? What are you trying to achieve? And then we'll make a multilingual strategy that aligns with that. Then we look at the process and the technology that makes sense to use to make sure you get the quality that you want. So we certainly just do plenty of projects that come in and have to go out. But if we build a strategy around it, then it makes it simpler to really achieve the goals that you're trying to achieve.
1: Wow. Wow. Well, I'm sure a lot of the work that you do is complex. It's fun. It's It's fun. fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love helping people how to figure out what languages, where to go, how to do it, you know, how to budget for it. So.
1: Well, listen, all of our guests have shared with us a story that they feel demonstrated bravery in the workplace. Sometimes it's also something they want to do that they haven't done that they know require bravery in the workplace. And, you know, certainly we'd love to hear your story.
0: Sure. And I think I mentioned this earlier that Rapport International has been around for over 30 years. I've owned it for 15 years and I bought the company and I'll tell you a little bit about that story is. For years had contacted this company because I wanted to go work for them. And I finally got the Director of Global Marketing. It was an international organization. I was thrilled. So I started working there and then became pregnant with my second child and was off on maternity leave and I was laid off <laughs> Ouch, ouch. You think it's not possible to get laid off on maternity leave? I mean, (laughs) I wanted to work and I needed to work. And there I was with a newborn baby. Now, the hat's off to any woman that has to interview when they're pregnant or have a newborn baby because you're just not at your professional best self. So, I had outplacement services through Keystone Partners and there I met Jane Mattson who really helped me on this journey and I really thought I wanted to have my own company, but I didn't have an idea of what to do. And I happened to run into somebody at a venture capital forum and he said, well, buy a company. I kind of laughed. I'm like, well, I need to work. Where am I going to get the money to do it? And I started daydreaming online after that, and I came across this little translation company that was for sale, um, Rapport International, and the owner had been running it for 18 years and wanted to do something else. So, I was scared. I was, you know, like, can I really buy a company, and what's it going to take, and you know, I knew intellectually that you have a higher likelihood of success of buying a company than starting one from scratch. But it sure took a lot of bravery to take out an equity line on my house Mm -hmm. and actually go through with this. And so I kind of walked up to the edge of the cliff and jumped and bought it. And here I am. Fifteen and a half years later, my son is now 16 years old and we've grown thousands of percent, you know, added employees. And I've hired a lot of stay-at-home moms who wanted to get back into work because we do run virtual and they can work from home and still balance work and life. So that was my biggest bravery, was actually buying this company and moving it forward. Right,
1: and today when you look back, It feels like it was a fantastic decision.
0: Yes, without a doubt. I mean, here I am 15 and a half years later, and I still love what I do. We're still growing, and we've gone through a lot of transitions with all the technology that have come in and Google Translate launched. And so never look back. It was a great move, and I hated getting laid off. And I'm still angry that they could do that to somebody during maternity leave, But I'm in a much, much, much better position by being brave and becoming a business owner.
1: Sure. And, you know, a lot of people who are listening would think, and these are people who are probably more classically employed at organizations, that the amount of bravery it takes to purchase an organization, to get a loan, to put personal property in collateral, right, takes a ton of bravery because you never know what direction the economy might go in, what the direction of the industry might go in. And it takes a ton of bravery to do all those activities and take those next steps. I mean, do you look back now and say, God, you know, I was so brave? Or to you, was it just another series of steps that you just engaged in?
0: You know what, that was the first brave step that I took. You know, I keep feeling like, I'll talk a little bit about this later, but it's not on point right now, is I keep feeling like I get up to the edge of the cliff and I've got to be brave to jump off it. So with my business, that was the first cliff I had to jump off. I had to say, yes, I'm going to move forward and then sign all the legal documents. And then I had to be brave when I hired an employee when I didn't think that I could afford it. So, I had to jump off that step. I had to be brave when I put in a second layer of management so I wasn't in the day-to-day and I had to trust somebody else to run all the details. That's another bravery step. Right now, I'm focused on trying to decide which way we're going to go in marketing. Am I going to build out a direct sales force or am I going to go more online and do more pay-per-click? And so, both of those can take investments. I want to do both. I don't know which is the right decision, but I'm having to be brave and come up with the money if I'm going to you know build out the sales force and invest that and hope that I get the return on it. So that was just the first jump off the cliff that I had to do, and every so often I have to do it again. and sometimes my risks pay off, and sometimes they don't, but I try to make a very calculated risk on being brave and moving forward because I've found if I don't do anything, if I'm not brave to do the next move, I don't get the return.
1: Right. Yeah. The absence of bravery, I think for some folks is regret. They look back and say, I should have done that. I wish I had done that, et cetera. And I'm not a scientist, I'm not saying it is regret, but, you know, it's this feeling of, remorsefulness that they wish they had done something that they didn't do.
0: Yeah, I never want to have that shoulda, woulda, coulda feeling. (laughs) I mean, and I do have it. I mean, I I can't say my shoulda, woulda, coulda right now is, oh, I should have started pay-per-click 10 years ago. (laughs) I didn't. So maybe I need to start it now. So I don't have that feeling in 10 years. So go for
1: it. Go for it. So as we're kind of closing our call, Wendy, what are some lessons or observations you have from your experience that you'd like to share with our listeners so they can think a little bit more about the story you shared in your experiences?
0: Sure. Well, this whole bravery is such a good topic. And I was supposed to speak at the Bryant Women's Summit on Friday. They've canceled it because of the coronavirus. But the session that I was doing is jumping off a cliff or climbing the mountain. If you're going to take those risks or there's a risk you want to take at work or in your personal life, do you climb the mountain to do it or do you jump off the cliff? And, you know, it's kind of realize that they're intertwined, is you've got to climb the mountain to be able to get to the cliff to jump. And the steps that I really recommend for that is figure out what you really want. You know, set your goal or get clarity on that. And then confront your fear. And this is all the emotional intelligence that you need to have around that. Is your fear based in something realistic or something that you're bringing with you? And then if you can get a hold of that and identify it then prepare yourself and this is the climb the mountain think about you know like i needed to write a business plan before i bought the company because i needed to have that clarity i needed to do industry research i needed to look at the competitors so this was all the stuff that i needed to do to prepare myself to get ready for the jump and then the most important thing that i've seen for subsequent risks is build your community like i will step back and think about okay who can I go to for this advice or who's going to have good insight on this or who can help me with this? And then also, you know, who can I give back to? So, the community is the give and take. So, that's what I'd recommend is just get clarity on the risk or the bravery that you want to have, confront your fear about it, prepare yourself, which is climb the mountain, build the community, and then you can jump and get the payoff that you want.
1: Oh, fantastic. And we could do a whole nother conversation just on the need for clarity. Clarity can provide you ways to navigate experiences that absence of clarity, you just can't see or figure out. Right. So I think of the three things you just said, a really key piece of advice.
0: Oh, good. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. So, Wendy, do you have any ways that folks can get in touch with you?
0: Sure. I'd love to talk to anybody about language, culture, or, you know, bravery or buying a business. So feel free to reach out to me. I'm a huge connector. You can visit our website, rapporttranslations.com. You can email me at Wendy Ps at rapporttranslations. So that's Wendy, W-E-N-D-Y, P-E-A-S-E at Rapport, which is spelled R-A-P-P-O-R-T, and then translations, with the S, dot com. Or our phone number is 978-443-2540. And I'm highly active on LinkedIn, so certainly look for me at Wendy P's on LinkedIn and connect with me.
1: Terrific. Well, Wendy, thanks again for spending some time with us today. It was great speaking with you.
0: Oh, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it and love the topic you're doing.
1: Terrific. Well, to end the call today to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also welcome you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple, Overcast, CastBox. We are in endless numbers of places. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.